So how do you feel about eating meat? That seems to be a pretty loaded question these days, and one that, along with politics and religion, you might just want to refrain from asking because of how polarized the American sentiment has become over this issue. I read an interesting piece um, recently by Jason Lusk. He's a food and agriculture economist. He suggests in this essay, there might be a connection between linking meat production to climate change in terms of fueling a polarization in the public discourse. We know climate change is still, in his words, a politically polarized issue. And having done research on the number of news stories that link beef and climate change, an increase of 800% since the early 2000s, he poses the question whether this connection is creating political polarization on the topic of meat consumption. His studies show that we define our political ideologies ranging um, from very liberal to very conservative in ways that end up being one of the strongest predictions of whether we're likely to be vegetarian or vegan. So the thing is, ideologies can be influenced by emotion and even by our personalities. We tend to cultivate beliefs that are supported by familiar cognitive processes as well as affective environments. If you are interested in addressing misconceptions and disconnections with regard to the issue of meat production, like my guest today, Carly Shield, where do you start? Carly starts with the desire to encourage consumers to become comfortable knowing where their food comes from and the impact of the kinds of food production responsible for the food that finds its way to their tables, but also by creating a handbook that looks at sustainable meat choices, she gathers facts and supporting evidence to give consumers a fair-handed and deep look into the topic. Um, I feel as though there are a lot of misconceptions and misunderstanding that go along with livestock production. And I feel as though this has a major influence on consumers' feelings towards meat in general. So I want to try and clear up those misconceptions so that people can feel more confident when purchasing or consuming meat products because really not all ways of producing meat or raising livestock should be looked at in a negative way. Welcome to The Capstone, a new podcast celebrating the creation of a more just and sustainable food system. In the podcast series, you'll be hearing fresh new ideas from students who are finishing their Master of Science degrees in Sustainable Food Systems at Prescott College. We talk about their final capstone projects, and we hear from their advisors, leading practitioners, advocates, academics, and thought leaders about the significance of the capstone topic, especially in the context of creating food systems change. I'm your host, Lisa Trokia. Welcome to the capstone. I'm talking today with Carly Shields, who has written a handbook for consumers titled Sustainable Meat Choices. As an undergrad, Carly studied public affairs and public policy and was an intern with the nutrition program of the New York State Department of Agriculture and Markets. It was actually in this capacity, working with farmers to secure fresh, healthy food, that Carly realized she had a calling for farming. 
She began her farming journey in 2018 as a farmhand at Little Ghent Farm. And while on the farm, she developed an affinity for working with livestock and sustainable production practices. Carly's passion for this work, combined with her coursework in the Master of Sustainable Food Systems program, led to the creation of her capstone project, which we'll talk more about today. Welcome, Carly. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're most welcome. You've really been on a sustainable farming journey, which is fascinating. And I hope we get a chance to touch a bit on that. But I'm looking forward to talking about your capstone because, well, you know, frankly, the idea of sustainable meat production is a hot topic. <laughs> issues yes. that, yeah, issues that are related to raising livestock, um, you know, for consumption, and not like many other topics in the United States today have become polarizing for the most part, with many people expressing strong feelings on one side or the other. But um, in reading through your capstone, it seems that this is partly why you engaged with the topic for your capstone. Is that correct? Yeah. Um, I feel as though there are a lot of misconceptions and misunderstanding that go along with livestock production. And I feel as though this has a major influence on consumers' feelings towards meat in general. So I want to try and clear up those misconceptions so that people can feel more confident when purchasing or consuming meat products because really not all ways of producing meat or raising livestock should be looked at in a negative way. Right, yeah. And I noticed that one of your assertions is that the controversies around meat consumption have their roots in consumers being extremely disconnected from their food. So I wonder if you could explain to us how you understand that. Sure. So most people go to the supermarket to purchase their food without really ever thinking about where it came from. Um, I believe that much of this has been impacted by our society being really comfortable with the idea of convenience. Mm -hmm. You know, we all live really busy lives. Um, we're able to go to the supermarket and grab something quick. And it really doesn't take up that much time. So we go to the store, we grab whatever we want without really having to think about it. And we're just so accustomed to buying a product, bringing it home, cooking it and eating it. But if you think about it, for most people, that's really the extent of our knowledge and experience with food, um, especially meat. And oftentimes when it comes to meat, consumers don't really want to think about the fact that they're eating an animal. I've actually had numerous conversations with people who eat meat, but they get extremely anxious when they start to realize the entire process that goes along with raising and harvesting livestock. And ultimately, you know, that's how it gets to your plates. So I think people really um, need to gain that, that closer connection and better understanding of the whole process. Yeah, I, I really think the idea of how folks become connected to various parts of the food system is, is so interesting. Um, so in the podcast, I kind of like to explore um, how my guests relate to the places where they live and how that may have affected their capstone project choices. So I'm kind of wondering, did you grow up on a farm or did you live in proximity to livestock production? I personally didn't grow up on a farm. Uh, but when I was younger, my parents would bring me to one of their friend's farms, and it was something that I absolutely loved. They had animals there, and um, I, I grew up in an area that was and still is home to many different farms, mm -hmm. but 
my awareness of livestock production really came to me like later on in life um, when I was in undergrad. I started getting involved in local food and growing my own food and it kind of just snowballed from there. And um, I knew that at some point I wanted to farm. Awesome. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about where you live now. Tell us how you understand your bioregion and um, maybe what are the touchstones you use to define your life place? Sure. So I currently live in a small town called Ghent. Um, it's located in the upper Hudson Valley region of New York. It's an absolutely beautiful area, lots of rolling hills, um, fertile soils, and I've lived here my entire life so far. It's always been considered a farming community, and it definitely still holds up that reputation to this day. Um, I feel as though more small family-owned farms keep popping up, which is really wonderful. They've given us such a strong foundation to get our local food movement going and the transparency that all of these farms offer here definitely bring in more people to the area. Um, I feel as though our community has always been really supportive of each other too, which, which makes it an even greater place to be. Yeah, those relationships are important and really important to the success of, of local food um, endeavors, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, um, I'm kind of curious about the design of your capstone because, you know, you did the scholarly research, the literature reviews and so forth, but what you actually produced is a handbook, right? Yeah, it is a handbook. Um, I wanted to create a written document that basically includes a lot of useful information regarding sustainable meat production and meat choices, but I didn't want it to be overwhelming. Um, I wanted to have something that was organized and easy to read and easy to understand. So, you know, if someone doesn't really know much about the topic or they wanna to learn more, it's something that they can read and kind of get that knowledge out of it. Um, I organized the handbook into chapters pretty much. So there's 12 chapters total and each chapter focuses on a different topic that surrounds sustainable meat production and consumption. So I first kind of gave a background um, on topics such as how livestock, livestock can benefit the environment if managed properly and the importance of humanely raised livestock in general. And then I go on to include information about the benefits of buying local. Um, and I also include some resources in there on how you can find local farms near you, as well as like guides to um, food labels that are commonly found on meat packaging. I think like the main goal of my handbook is really to raise awareness around sustainable meat consumption and to get consumers a closer connection with their food, as we talked about before. So in an effort to do this, I also outlined a section on meat science basics, as well as a lesson plan for people interested in helping consumers gain that closer connection to meat in particular. Um, and this kind of outlines a sustainable meat choices workshop where um, a butchery demonstration would also be included in that. So people can come and get that up close and personal um, demonstration. And I have attended some workshops like this in the past, and it's a really wonderful way to learn more about your food and network with similar minded people. So in the end, I really want my handbook to be a useful reference for anyone that's interested in learning more about sustainable livestock production and also the importance of making mindful decisions about meat in general. 
Wow, I love how comprehensive that is. I'm wondering um, why you think it's important that consumers understand that there are sustainable meat choices and, you know, the $64,000 question, how do you define sustainable? So I think that the definition of sustainable can be pretty vague. Um, When I say sustainable meat, what I mean is meat that's raised, handled, and processed in a responsible, humane, and well-managed way so that a bunch of things can thrive. And I'm talking about the environment, the ecosystem, the health of the animal, the farmer, and the consumer in general. So making meat choices that are sustainable will ultimately lead to a food system that's resilient. And I feel as though increasing consumers' awareness about the different benefits of purchasing less but better meat will increase their ability to make better informed decisions about where they're buying their meat from. So ultimately, I hope that consumers will see how buying meat raised from sustainable, humane, and even local sources whenever possible can really have beneficial impacts on the environment, you know, a local economy, and really the health of the animal and the people that consume the meat too. Yeah, right on. That's um, You've definitely pulled in one of the hallmarks of the MSFS program and the systems thinking, you know, tying that all into how everything interconnects. And so, you know, it does get complex or it can get complex when you start to sort of think about um, how to message that, um, those relationships. So I'm wondering, you know, in a world that seems to increasingly communicate in sound bites, if you will, um, if you could distill all you've learned in your research for the project into a meme, what would it be? I would say consuming less meat but better and more responsibly raised meat will create resilience within our food and farming system. Great. Now we just have to come up with the visual image for that. That's right. Well, you know, thinking back as you were writing the handbook and doing the research for your capstone project, were there any materials from the courses that you had previously taken in the MSFS program that you just kept coming back to? Yeah, I mean, a lot of the classes definitely related in different ways. I feel like um, one course that I thought a lot about was actually the history of American agriculture class that I took at Green Mountain. And in that course, we discussed like industrialized livestock industry in America and um, the impacts that it had on our environment, as well as what it did to the smaller, more independent farms. So I did think about that quite often. And also in my handbook, I wrote a little bit about soil health and how raising livestock does impact the soil. Mm -hmm. So in the theory and practice of sustainable agriculture course, we talked a lot about the soil. And I didn't really know much about this at first. So that class really taught me a lot. And I was able to use some of that information in my handbook. And um, lastly was a class that I took more recently, it was the sustainable diets class. And in this course, we dove really deep into how the foods we eat impact our health and the environment. So I chose to study a meat focused diet for our main project in that course. And in studying that, it helped me gain further insight on why eating less meat, but better meat is so important. Ah, that's great. That's very interesting. 
I've worked um, as an advisor to students who have created handbooks as capstone projects, and I really think they are so effective as a way to contribute to the field while also creating this sort of living document. You know, handbooks present scholarly research in a form that is accessible for a great number of people. You know, I, I laugh because I'm pretty sure my thesis and dissertation are still sitting unread on library shelves somewhere. So, so thinking about accessibility, I'm just putting this out there. If you could put your handbook into any particular person's hands or make it available to one organization or community, um, who or what would that be? Honestly, when thinking about this, I don't think there's a particular person or place that I want my handbook to be. I want this to be something that anyone can access from anywhere. I want people who eat meat to read it, but I also want people who don't eat meat to read it. I feel like it could provide some unknown knowledge or even clear up misconceptions that people have about raising animals for meat consumption. Um, it would be really nice to give some students who are interested in agriculture and meat science access to the handbook because I feel like it could really be useful um, for them. Younger folks, I think, are essentially the next change makers. And I think that young students, farmers and butchers could really gain valuable insight that could lead them to changing our food system for the better if they could have access to my book. Yeah, I agree. I hope that comes to pass. And speaking of dreams, um, if they do come true, and we hope they do, um, what uh, are your aspirations for how the handbook could create change? I mean, how can you imagine that happening? For example, like uh, what will have changed five years from now or 10 years from now because of your work? I think in a perfect world, I would really hope that there'd be a shift in consumers purchasing power to be more locally driven, um, especially when buying meat, because ultimately the fact that there's four companies that control about 80% of America's meat industry and 99% of animals are raised on factory farms owned by those four companies is an issue that I really hope is brought to light from my work. Yeah, that's really staggering stuff. Um, well, let's talk about you for a minute. <laughs> I understand that with the completion of the MSFS degree that, you know, this has already created some changes in your life. Do you want to share about that? Yeah, it has. Um, I recently accepted an instructor position at Central Wyoming College. They started up a brand new program, which is agriculture, meat science, and food technology with a meat processing certificate. Um, and I'm going to basically help them build up the program, recruit students, and begin my teaching journey. It's really exciting. Um, the main goal of their program is to focus on local food. So from livestock production to processing, we want to highlight small to mid-sized producers and processors within their community. Um, so helping to enhance their local food movement is really exciting, as well as being able so basically share my passion with others is honestly a complete dream come true. Sounds like a, a, the heart of a teacher. So <laughs> I really congratulate you on that, uh, that new position. That's very exciting. And I know you'll be terrific in that. I would like to take a minute now and introduce uh, Wendy Sue Harper. Dr. Harper has been your um, capstone advisor. Yep. 
As a, an associate faculty member um, at Prescott College in the MSFS uh, program. Um, as a soil scientist, Dr. Harper teaches agricultural science courses that focus on sustainability, ecological management, and systems thinking. Um, she also served as scholar in residence in the Master of Science and Sustainable Food Systems program at Green Mountain College. Uh, Dr. Harper holds an MS in Forest Resources from Penn State and a PhD from the University of Vermont in Plant and Soil Sciences. Hello, Wendy. Welcome to the Capstone. Hi, Lisa. Thank you for having me. Hi, Carly. So, Wendy Sue, um, I know you have a few thoughts about um, Carly's capstone. Yes, I do. First, I would just like to emphasize the importance of this project in improving the food system by helping consumers connect to their food and develop a deeper understanding about the food they eat. But I also have a, a couple questions for Carly as well. So first, Carly, um, given the realities of COVID-19 and, and issues with group activities, have you thought about how you might share your handbook and information? How might you get the word out? Yeah, um, so COVID's definitely presents some challenges when it comes to group activities, and especially where food would be involved too. Um, and I think for the meantime, until everything is kind of under control, I'll make my handbook available online through different sources. But I also would like to be able to share it on social media platforms. I think that's a really good way to get the word out, especially now. Everyone's kind of tuned in um, on social media. So I think that would be a great way to promote my handbook. And I really, I would also like to somehow get it into the hands of some students, um, maybe even at um, Central Wyoming College, where I'm going to be beginning to teach. Very good. Um, also, I wondered if you could speak to how you think this program has helped you grow intellectually and professionally. Sure. Um, I think the program in general has been just a really great experience. It's definitely challenged me in many ways, um, but it's allowed me to keep an open mind and definitely in learning different perspectives. I feel like I'm able to step back and kind of look at the big picture better. Um, I also want to point out that it's been really wonderful being able to feel a close connection with all of the professors in the program as well as my cohort. It's really great having a group of people who are all interested in the same general topics and having those people go through the entire program with you is a really special journey that we're all taking together. For the more professional side of things, um, I think the program has definitely had an impact on qualifying me for landing the job at Central Wyoming College, especially since the program has such a big focus on local food systems in general. I feel I've gained just so much knowledge and perspective that's helped me to advance professionally, and this is something that I'm really grateful for. Well, that's wonderful. That's all the questions I have. Thank you. <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> and I thank you both for being um, guests on the Capstone today. Wendy Sue, it's always nice to talk with you. <laughs> you too, Lisa. And, um, and Carly, you know, congratulations again uh, on a wonderful Capstone project and, you know, on your upcoming um, graduation from the program and all the best to you on your journey ahead. Thank you so much. 
The Capstone is a production of the online Master of Science program in Sustainable Food Systems at Prescott College. Audio production and original music by Chris Ridgway. I'm your host, Lisa Trokia. Please join us next time.